Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Amis, episode 82. Hey, Richers, I'm so happy you are here. And I would like to thank you for being here and being part of this podcast. It means a lot to me. Today's guest, Mitch Joel, brings a different perspective than most of the successful entrepreneurs and opinion leaders, guests that we had here. Mitch looks at his journey for the long run. That's the way he connects with his customers. That's the way he looks at his failures. Actually, he said, we are losing customers all the time, those we didn't win. And that's the way he looks at his successes. This is also the way he looks at climbing mountains. I mean, he doesn't like it, but he talks about it. I would be thrilled to get your comments about this show, because it's a bit different, and because I'm always thrilled to get your comments. So please get to the Rich or Miss site and leave us a comment on the show notes of this interview, and I'll be happy to answer each and every one of you. I also like to offer you to download one or more of our free guides, The Seven Elements of Entrepreneurial Marketing Success, or the guide about six proven steps to create, present, and convince investors in your go-to-market strategy, how to write a go-to-market strategy that will convince your investors. And we also have a free online course about choosing the best name and logo for your product or business. You can find the guides either on the homepage of our site, richormiss.com, or at the end of the show notes of this interview at the same site, richormiss.com. Let's start with today's interview. Meet Joel. In a world filled with broken promises, Mitch Joel is the real deal. He lives the work he talks about, and he does it with generosity and insight. Seth Godin Mitch Joel is founder of Six Pixel Group, an advisory investing and content producing company that is focused on brands, commerce, and community. He has been called a marketing and communication visionary interactive expert and community leader. He prefers the title brand hacker. He is also an entrepreneur, author, journalist, investor, trusted advisor, and passionate speaker who connects with people worldwide by sharing his insights on business transformation and marketing innovation. He has been named one of the top 100 online marketeers in the world and was awarded the highly prestigious Top 40 Under 40. Prior to Six Pixel Group, Mitch spent close to two decades building, running, and eventually selling his business. He was president of Mirum, a global digital marketing agency 
operating in 25 countries with close to 3,000 employees. Mirum is owned by WPP. Mitch Joel, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Thank you. Nice to be here. It is a great pleasure. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Oh, those are big, tough questions. You know, right now is sort of an interesting time for me. I had been building and running with three business partners, a digital marketing agency called Miram that I recently left. So I don't know when we're going to be publishing this, but I left as of July the 1st. Oh. And so I'm now in a new venture, which is called Six Pixels Group, which is a business uh, really based off of my blog and podcast, Six Pixels of Separation, but it's more of a holding company for a whole bunch of things that I'll be working on, different projects. I'm looking at my life now more from a project perspective. So Wow. That's a significant change, isn't it? You know, everything's new, everything's different, and I'm uh, excited and terrified about everything all at the same time. This is really an exciting time. Mitch, can you tell us a bit about your career? Oh, my career has been uh, long and, and crazy. I started off in music journalism. I then published music magazines. I was very engaged when the first web browser came out and sort of had my magazines at the time published on the internet, which wasn't much of an internet because there wasn't, you know, sort of first days of, of the web browser. Um, I helped build a sales channel for one of the first search engines prior to Google existing. Mm-hmm. I then did a very short stint in a, in a company that was specializing in mobile content, which seems very common now. But at the time, you know, going back over 20 years, there was no mobile web browser or apps or smartphone even. So it was a very different time. Um, I launched a record company prior to starting this agency with my uh, with at the time my three I still call them my three business partners I guess my my ex business partners now <laughs> um, and again early days of of blogging I started a blog in the early 2000s and podcast too which I still do I do a, a lot of public presentations where I talk about the intersection of brands consumers and technology so I've spent a, you know the vast part of my later teenage years to where I am now building businesses around connections, around media, around the digital space, and around branding. You are definitely a living story of the digital and internet revolution, isn't it? So, Mitch, what are the plans for your new venture? What are you going to do? Um, it's going to be... You know, still what I'm doing now in terms, you know, creating content, uh, figuring out new models for content. Uh, we, I've already done a lot of investing over the past, and I've got a business partner here with me, so we're doing investing. I'm advising several startups, and the ultimate plan would be to build another business, which right now I don't have my arms wrapped around quite yet what it is. I have some ideas. We have some ideas, but we're not, we're not there yet. So this is going to be an exciting time. But who would you consider as their customers today? Yeah, I mean, my customers today are, are the uh, speaking bureaus that represent me. They're the people that they get me events with that I speak for. Uh, my customers today are people I interact with who read and talk about my blog or listen to my podcast. 
my customers today are the startup uh, founders that I'm engaged and involved with and trying to mentor and help them grow their business. Uh, my customers today are all of the business partners that I'm going to be lining up to and for in whatever the new venture is. Um, and I basically look at anybody that I interact with as my client and, and how can I add value to what they're doing and how can I make things uh, more, more meaningful and valuable to them. I love this idea that you see everyone that you interact with as your client. Is there any target audience that you focus on today? Nope. No, I think, I think what makes what I do interesting is that if you have a business, if you're thinking about business, if you're trying to understand the intersections of how businesses or brands connect to consumers, that I'm uh, a person that I'm happy to To share and be a part of and my audience I found over the years has been very very different I mean really a hybrid of of small medium and large enterprises of b2b of b2c of nonprofit of government based um, there is no clear target audience because I think the work that I do really impacts all of those businesses right marketing isn't um, It's a horizontal. It goes through every single business. Uh, you know, have, thinking about better stories goes through every single business. Thinking about how to bring a technology into your business, whether it's a content marketing platform or artificial intelligence, it just goes across the board. So yeah, I don't, I don't look at it that way at all. How did you gain your customers? How do you approach your customers? I've spent a lot of time out in the world um, sharing and connecting And I think that that's the primary way people find and connect to me. I think that that's basically, you know, I do, I spend a, I've spent a lot of time um, doing work in, in, in nonprofits and volunteering. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it seems like almost everywhere. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been very fortunate that I, you know, I'm playing a bit of a long game here. Um, I, I'm really doing my best to, um, you know, not think immediately about what the issues are, but how can I you know push things forward and... on an ongoing basis? Yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's uh, it's it's very different from that side for me. So actually, you are helping companies and business people that you meet along the way. Yeah, and I think that that's the sort of you know what businesses need somebody to help them talk and figure out about how to get better consumers. And uh, that's the types of games I want to play and be a part of. Mitch, you know this podcast is all about customer focus and helping entrepreneurs to find the right approach to gain more paying customers. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to entrepreneurs and startup founders regarding their customer's approach and focus? I think you need to really understand and live your purpose and really understand that if it's uh, highly commoditized or driven only by price, it's a tough thing to always be driving or, or beating the drum for. But when you have a purpose that's very specific as a business, your values, uh, your mission, and not just the sort of you know, pedantic words you put on a sign, but the ones you live and breathe, those are the ways that people, I think, truly believe or see A level of differentiation and so when I you know when I'm thinking about either my own business or working with other entrepreneurs I often sort of try and figure out what is the differentiation because it's very hard to have something completely unique that no one else is doing that's a very that's a that's a rare unicorn but 
the ability to to figure out what your angle is on it, and the angle can be things like uh, the types of values you bring to it. It could be that the sizes of business you interact with. When you know, live, and breathe that, it's easier to say no to the types of businesses that aren't right for you. And I think that a lot of times entrepreneurs get trapped because it's it's hard. I mean, I'm, I've started many ventures, and I know at the beginning you want to sort of take everything and go for everything, and it's hard to it's hard to do that really well. I know you had um, many successes, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? Yeah, we, you know, I was part of an agency business for you know, over 15 years. And you, you lose a lot more than you win. So I think that the sort of overall process of, of pitching would be the one. I mean, you have to have a very thick skin. You're looking at it from the perspective of you've answered everything perfectly. You've met them. There's good chemistry and still you don't win the business. And so when you're in the agency business, a question like that is, is, a, is a strange one because it's all about spending most of your days losing and not winning the client and not being successful. Um, and then once you have the client, you know, the challenge is always keeping them and trying to maintain that level because everyone's always knocking on that door. So when you talk about, you know, was there one, there's, there's many and they happen every single year because you're counting on that to grow the business, to maintain the business, to, to uh, you know, on the other side, every business has a leaky bucket to maintain that. So that's, it's, a, it's just a constant slog when you're in the agency world. It's a very interesting perspective. But since this is part of your advertising world, I'm not sure I would consider every time you're not getting a client as a failure. However, it's quite specific to the advertising world, isn't it? Yeah, basically. I mean, we focused primarily on, uh, back then on digital marketing. Um, but yeah, it was definitely in the advertising and marketing communication space for sure. Do you have a specific story of a failure? Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, you know, clearly every single day stuff happens. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that might have a, a sort of lessons learned. And I'm not sure that I have an immediate one that sort of has a sting or bite to it. I think, yeah, just I, I don't. And I, I think part of it is, and if you even look back historically on the work that I create, I don't sort of operate on lamenting on things like that because things happen for a reason. And sometimes things that are mistakes. Are, are work out really well for the business in the end. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't, I'm trying to think back of a, or one major sort of sting and what did I learn from it? And I know there were, I just don't know that I'm able to, that I'm, that I'm processing it in a way that would be a value to someone listening. Okay. Now, please tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did write about approaching your customer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's an answer to sort of maybe both, which is, I think historically over building uh, the business that we did for over 15 years, and like I said, sort of being involved in, the, you know, trying to introduce different types of technologies and newer things to more traditional businesses, there's just a process in place. So, you know, when you talk about an error that was made, the error, once an error is identified, we would, you know, get on the phone right away, conversation, apologize, middle ground, how are you going to make good? 
How do we improve it? How do we fix the relationship? How do we follow up on it, you know, shortly after and then in the long haul and make sure that either it's been now brushed under the carpet or that it's not fermenting and staying, you know, very present. On the winning side or great successes, it was also similar. You put in the work, you have a win. Once you win the business, you haven't really won it. It's all process and you're still pitching. So it's how do you onboard the client in a positive way? How do you make them feel like they're very much a part of the process? How do you really try and build a relationship so that it's a true partnership? Because that's the only way you can really act as an agent on their behalf. Um, so again, like, you know, if I think about, yeah, we've had major, we had major client wins over the years for sure. I'm sure though that within these 15 years, there were some great successes. I don't think you're around 15 years with the clients that we had and, and you don't have that because, you know, it's such a promiscuous business. If, if someone's not happy, they're gone. Uh, you know, they're happy. You know, they're happy if they're there six months later or a year later, you're still working on it. So, and again, if I looked at, yeah, I, I could name four, five, six clients, but the truth is that I think the net result of that is sort of what you do as an agency. And it's not me evading the questions. It's not me trying to be humble. I just don't think that that's the thing you do as an agency. You don't go, we had a big one here or that was a disaster. You know, you might do that behind closed doors. But in general, the sort of things you learn, whether you lose the client or win the client or have a bad experience or have a good experience, you sort of you tend to you tend to build muscle memory over the years and respond to it in a very similar way. And again, maybe it's just the way I'm created. Like I, I know many agents people are like, that's the one campaign we did. And that, you know, we were going to like that, that, you know, that Volkswagen, uh, you know, Beetle one, that's the one we, we, we didn't really have a business like that. We, we sort of just went through the process, developed very, very engaging platforms for a lot of different brands. And, you know, we had a lot of pride in, in the work and the process of what made us feel good. What made us feel good was when the clients were happy, was when the bills were paid on time, was when there was a, a good relationship, was when there was more work happening. I don't, I just, again, even if you said in your own personal life, is there a thing or two? My answer would probably be the same. I don't, I don't sort of lean towards a moment. I look at it more like a trajectory over a lot, long period of time. And like I said earlier, I think everything's a bit of a long play. And I look at it to see, to me, the biggest pride are the clients that stayed with us for a long, long period of time. The relationships you built are a long, long period of time that even if they're not the client, they're still engaged and connected to you. And on the on the bad side, the lessons learned, it's not always the right fit. And I don't tend to look at it in that sort of, that type of neck. One shot. Yeah. Can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing or sales? And I'm not looking for the latest, shiniest tool in the endless list, but I'm looking for the tool that really works for you. I, 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 meals, going for meals with them or taking them to, or, or taking them to an event, uh, spending time with them one-on-one, -on -one, um, socially outside of work, that would be the, the best tool from my perspective. This is a fantastic answer. You know, Jeremiah Gardner that was a guest here answered that his best tool is a cup of coffee. Having a cup of coffee with your customer. Exactly. Coffee is a great, yeah. You know, there are many things that affect success, but I really believe that any person has the one factor that really makes the difference for them, 
And I want to ask you, what is your one factor? What is your key success factor? I, I go back to that other, you know, I, I'm playing a long game. I, I don't look at things as, you know, immediately, what is the value of this relationship or phone call? Um, I think that's one part. I think the other part is I tend to be very early. You know, if you look historically of when I engaged with certain things, whether it was writing online, blogging or podcasting or. You started to understand and play the digital game very early. Pretty early, yeah. So I, I, I tend to, to adopt technologies quickly and figure out what the play might be. I think those are, are two of them. And then I just think over the course of my career, I've been very lucky to you know, think about branding and marketing in, a, in a, I think, a different way, in a way that's trying to build real interactions between real human beings. And I always think about those types of things, like how do you not bang a customer over the head with a hammer, but rather really engage with them and find, help them find value. And now is the time for my mountain question. Since I always see or imagine this journey to take ownership and build a brand and take position in the mind of our customer as climbing a mountain, step after step after step, I really love to ask my guests, and I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain, and I'm talking about a physical, literally mountain, or wished to climb a mountain, or have any relationships with mountains at all? Well, I live in a city called Montreal, and Montreal is in and of itself a mountain. Um, I happen to live in sort of the middle to upper part of that mountain, and Every morning I go for a pretty long walk upwards into the, into the mountain. Is it a, a mountain like a Kilimanjaro or an Everest? No. But the other reason why uh, I don't think it is or why I would do it is because I don't like heights. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my relationship with mountains is uh, unless, you know, I, I don't really see a reason to climb them <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm being forced at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I must say that I've been to Montreal 30 years ago. We went to visit a good friend's parents that lived there. And they took us after dinner to a high mountain in the middle of Montreal to watch the view. And it was really charming. So I have very good memories from uh, Montreal's mountains. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mitch, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Sure, just go over to sixpixels.com and that's where all my stuff is. We will have, of course, the link to this site in our show notes in the richormiss.com website. And you can be found also in social media, right? You can find me everywhere as Mitch Joel. Which I would like to thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it very much and it has been a pleasure. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. 
You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.